0: Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt podcast and your week in IndyCar guest episode. Jack Harvey, you are being brought to us by Cooper tires. Good friends, the justice brothers, fantastic friends, Toronto motorsports.com. Silly friends. Speaking of silly, boy, you had a silly start to the year running up front fifth in the championship when you went to bed Saturday night in Texas. I bet you wish you could have gone back to bed and make that Sunday yeah. result a little bit similar. Before we get into some questions, great questions as usual. How does it feel to have a moment to breathe after three straight weekends of racing, four races total?
1: It's been nice, mate, but I actually like the schedule at the minute. You know, I liked it last year. You know, I like the intensity of the weekends, you know, just go get everything done come home take a breather uh, obviously puts a, a huge amount of pressure on unloading with a fast car obviously so it stresses the team out a lot and whatnot but um, yeah it would have been nice to have got that result on uh, on, on Sunday but you know, obviously had an issue with the right rear there and uh, you know dropped us out of the race but I think again we were running you know, P4 at the time, you know, right behind Joseph, right ahead of uh, Pato. And obviously they had fantastic results, which is no guarantee that we would have. But uh, certainly we felt like the car was good. And everyone's just doing a lot of really good things at the minute. So um it's a bit early to be worrying about, you know, where we're sitting in points. But you can't help but like to see the, you know, 60 car there. At least everyone in My Racing Racing's excited to see it, you know, at the, uh, you know, towards the top end of the, uh standings. So, you know, we're just going to keep working hard to try and keep it there, frankly.
0: It's maybe one of the bigger standout items. If I were to do a article looking at the first 25 ish percent of the season, knowing four races down 17 total, I would have to say that number 60 Myers-Shank racing Honda and you would be the, 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 standouts so far in the early season in terms of achievement that was not fully predicted we knew you guys were going to get better this year as you have every year but if we look at say an aero mclaren sp pato winning on sunday i don't think that surprised anybody they showed us last year that hey we're coming and guess what they're here we knew that tell me a little bit about hey uh this Myerscough Racing Team in our set only our second full season again early part of the the championship. There's clearly something moving and working here. Tell us about that.
1: Um, I guess for my side, these the results we're getting now. I felt like we were very close to a lot of times last year. We just didn't get the end result. You know, bad looks, self-inflicted wounds both on, you know, uh, some weekends and whatnot. And throughout the off season, the thing that we chatted about was execution, you know, damage limitation, but also maximizing when, you know, something fortunate happens in your favor. And last year, I don't think we did that that well. Uh, and that has been a lot of the talking point in the off season, but I don't think anybody at my shank racing, you know myself included is super surprised let's say that we're able to do it i think we're all very happy that actually we've made the gains over the off season and actually we we're getting the end result now i know texas race 2 wasn't a you know the best end result ever um, but we're all heading in heading in the right direction i think a lot of people maybe a a surprise but i think you know, if you could dive back into the the highlights of our season last year, let's say, I think you know those results are they're in there. You know, and I think we were capable, you know, of getting them. So yeah, mate, honestly, just thrilled that we were able to make those changes in the off season. And as as you've said, you know, it's it's super early, you know, in the year. We have to keep working extremely hard. And I think the next step, you know, to hopefully staying here, you know, even more consistently, trying to battle for podiums, hopefully wins. Uh, it's marginal gains, you know. I think when I look back at the last few years, there's been, you know, a, one particular area that we could have improved in a, you know, a decent chunk, where now it's, you know, it's five areas, one percent, because we're getting so close to the, you know, the uh, the front end of the, of the field. But I, one of the things I contribute to the off season going so well is actually, first time ever, you know, I'm, none of my engineering staff. Uh, changed uh, you know the all the mechanics on my car you know the same like this was just a, a year of continuity and growth and understanding between everybody of you know what was really good about last year what do we need to improve you know what did we all as individuals need to work on and improve and we're not there yet you know we still got things to carry on doing but I am really really happy with everybody at my Shang race and the guys on pit lane have just been absolutely awesome and just some of those little things that you know last year, perhaps I didn't put enough emphasis on. I have to put the emphasis on them now because that's how we're going to, you know, take the next step. So yeah, mate, really, really thrilled with how it's uh, how it started. Not getting too carried away because obviously there's a you know huge amount of the season left to go, uh, but you can't help but be really happy about how it's uh, how it's got up and running.
0: Well, we lovingly refer to you as Jack the baker harvey in our household (laughs) you know you're my wife's favorite driver after carrying uh those stickers of support for her last year at the indy 500 so uh knowing how friendly you are let's start off the listener q a with some questions of course from my crazy listeners about you making more friends Last weekend (laughs) at Texas.
1: (laughs) I made lots of friends. Oh,
0: boy. Uh, low friends that I've made
1: ever. Oh,
0: I tell you what. You're, uh, yeah. Uh, Let's start off with Ryan Terpstra, who says, hashtag, sorry, not sorry for asking this. Did Graham Rahal ever find you? He says, for hashtag me personally, the official hashtag of the Marshall Pro Podcast. uh, I saw exactly (laughs) what you did. An aggressive defense, and you moved proactively. Uh, Ken Rocher adds in no question Jack congratulations on not taking any crap and then our pal Jim <laughs> Kaiser who sends in haiku I, it's too funny for me to not read it's a little cruel it says Jack for what it's worth just ignore Graham cry hall. he's a big baby I know Graham's gonna call and, and roast me over that but uh, it sounds like you and Alexander found a happier place don't put your kind of teammates onto the grass Tell me about the uh, the Graham Ray Hall thing. Did he ever find you? How did that uh, did that resolve?
1: Oh man, that was super easy to resolve. You know, uh, he sent me a text, uh, so I went over to. He just said, you know, want to have a chat. So, I, you know, just just went straight to his trailer. I mean, the funniest thing was in the garages at Texas, our cars were opposite each other, so I didn't think it was going to be difficult to uh, to find him. And you know, I'm certainly. Don't try and seek confrontation, but I'm not opposed to it.
0: Now that's um, an interesting play, though. He asked. He said he wanted to speak to you. Compare and you went. That's not the power yeah, move, I've, Jack Harvey. The power uh, move I mean, is great. I'm at my trailer.
1: Well, I, I said that first, and then I was like, "Yeah, well, let's just get this out of the way. I'm oh. not. My, I don't want these things to. Your father to raised drag you right. on them, Your mom to, raised you right. Yeah I I'm, I'm just more of a, let's just I'm just deal with with uh, with stuff head on mate you know I'm never this like oh let's let it drag out and you know see who makes the first move I'm like and then I just text him was like I'm outside your trailer whenever you're ready you know like <laughs> I'm ready and again I'm not I'm not trying to be overly aggressive or you know forthright or anything like that but that is how my mum and dad always were We know we deal with stuff we never shy away from dealing with the difficult stuff and you know I said to him I was like look I watched the I watched the video, I was like, probably I squeezed you a bit hard on the bottom, you know, you shouldn't have to go over the white line to get by. I was like, and next time I'll give you just enough room so that your your outside or inside wheels in that case are on the white line, trying to make it hard for you to get past. I mean, I guess this is the thing that I was a little confused with on the weekend was, you know, a lot of people saw how processional the race was, and especially without the use of lane two why we were just meant to let everybody just glide past anytime someone looks like they got a run. You know, I mean, the people mad at Will Power when, you know, he kind of squeezed Pato on the bottom in three and four in race two, and he got a little sideways. I mean, I don't remember anyone being that courteous to me, mate, honestly. And it's not, it's not it wasn't aimed at Alexander. It wasn't aimed at Graham. It's just they were the guys behind me trying to get by me. You know, and I was like no, not today because we need to stay here because if we could just weather that storm of a restart for, you know, two or three laps or whatever, it's going to settle in again and we're going to be fine, you know, and I look at it and I did move first. I feel like I'm still within my right to go there. The only thing I did was maybe I went another half a lane too low, you know, but after that going and talking to Graham was, was very easy. It was, you know, I actually saw him in the gym yesterday, you know, and everything was fine. We were talking about all sorts of other stuff because, you know, I, I like Graham, you know, we've always got on very well. We've always raced each other, you know, very well. And, um, you know, I know it's, I know it's fun on social media and whatnot, but, uh, you know, I wasn't looking for it to become anything other than if you want to come by me, you're going to have to work for it. You know, that, and that's the, the bottom line pretty much to anybody this year, no matter what the driver is, are we not going to be that person who just, Oh, you poked your nose in like, there you go. That's your corner. Like that, that's, that time has gone, and I think for a lot of people what they need to understand is for Myershank racing, finishing every race and not having any crashes was mightily important just to go to the next race. We're not in that position now. Nor do I want to crash, but it does allow us the ability to fight a little bit harder with everyone.
0: And I, I mean, I'm obviously having a little bit of fun with this. The proverbial storm in a teacup. Right there's nothing to huh. this, and I'm not dismissing Graham's side. I'm just saying that we've seen sure. this type of move in defense, maybe a little bit over defense, the driver behind getting mad. We've seen this a million times in motor racing. It's not the first, it's not the last sure. not dismissing anyone's feelings, just saying you know uh, it was over quickly, and yet there was some pretty harsh words attached to it, a little bit funny, and so. Huh. Frankly, I guess we also need to thank you a little bit because, as you pointed out, last weekend might not have been the most exciting two races IndyCar fans have ever seen, so at least there was some amusement provided. You you mentioned one thing about this that I wanted to get your thoughts on before we move on to uh, some other fun, and that was, hey, we're a small team, new team. Folks aren't used to us being a full-time member of this paddock maybe they don't respect us, respect me enough. You know, hey, you're not really part of the, the big league. You know, happy you showed up, congratulations, but come on. You know, we've, <laughs> yeah. we've got the real racing to do. And I'm not saying Graham or anyone else is thinking that. No. Just saying, right, the, a little bit of the impression of like, hey, I don't know if you guys fully respect us and respect that I'm going to fight as hard as, hard as you would fight me. I wondered, though, Jack, if it was that... Or if it was the, maybe the case of the Graham Ray Halls, Rossies, whomevers haven't been fully accustomed to having you up where they are yep. accustomed to running you or a bit of a new presence of, oh, this guy's running sure. P3. This, oh, this guy's running yeah, P3, yeah. right? Do you think there's any little bit to that of you and them having to work out week by week kind of interactions that are new?
1: Oh, absolutely! You know, I think a lot of people know Michael, uh, you know, and everything that he's achieved in his career. Uh, You know, new newer to IndyCar, but certainly not new in uh, the sports car world. Uh, Probably a lot of people don't know me as well. I mean, they might know me. Know that you know, we've not our first season IndyCar either, but uh, you know, probably the time we've consistently been running. uh, You know, I think last year we ran top ten. I feel like this year we've been running more thus far top five and uh, yeah I think you know people are probably trying to push the boundaries and see what they can or can't get away with uh, you know with me and actually me and my dad chatted about that before the season you know even started and you know our approach was you know hard but fair you know we don't want to be the you know person who's easy to come past you know I'm not going to be a a moving tree on track Uh, you know certainly a race with plenty of people like that and it's just you know unnecessary but um certain moments come and you have to just establish quickly what the expectation is going to be and uh, i think that was just one of them weekends where in my mind I, i wasn't trying to be overly aggressive toward anybody i was just trying to establish how i want to race in IndyCar, how i want to be treated and also you know i'm not being funny i ran side by side with joseph several times you know on three different moments throughout that weekend, you know, and, and I have done, you know, many, many times with people. So, um, I, I don't know if it was aimed at, you know, us as a team, me as an individual or whatever, but, uh, you know, hopefully we came out of that weekend just a little bit clearer on how everyone was going to be with each other than how we went into it. So, um, again, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to have an issue with, with anybody, but, you know, I'm also not going to be the person who backs down because, you know, frankly, it's not in my nature. You know, it was not ours brought up. Uh, and if there is an issue, I'm always going to deal with it head on.
0: And there's also the unspoken thing. If you were to make it easy for someone to get by you, your dad might kick your ass after the race. So, there, you know, your it's dad's not a small man. Likely. Yeah, your dad's well, not a pushover here. So, I'm just saying.
1: No, and... Do you know, honestly, I, I guess the point I, I never really had chance to make across the weekend and you know, by the time it I felt like it all settled, there was no point rehashing it, but you know, but as we're talking about it, um, if I had to let all those guys pass, what do you think my conversation with Michael and Jim Meyer was gonna be? <laughs> you know, if you've spoken to either of those guys, I mean they're feisty guys, you know, and we are in a contract year and this is my time to show them that I'm hungry for this, I want this. I can be you know assertive. I can not crash the car. Like, but I also don't want to be on that conversation with Shank. Like, are we just going to let everyone come past all day or what? You know, like, and people forget that, that I actually answer to those guys too. You know, like, be respected by my peers, of course, but like the people who I really need in my corner are my team owners and they, they, they thought it was great. You know, I think they thought it was hard but fair, which is exactly what we're, you know, going for so
0: um don't get beat up by your bosses too man you got like a three-way ass kicking coming if you didn't handle that right
1: good job man i was getting it from everybody (laughs) it was easier just to do what i did
0: see i love you jack harvey uh let's (laughs) go to uh jerry robert sudeth says hey jack the compound that pj1 stuff in the corners texas really seemed to cause a lot of grip issues It's a wonderful, wonderful request from Jerry here. He says, could you describe what it felt like driving on that compound in the second lane at all compared to the rest of the track? So I know most drivers at some point in time might have gotten a tire up there a little bit, but can you describe, because I know for folks looking at it, they might think, well, wait, doesn't that add traction? Uh,
1: The simple answer to that is no, it does not. Um, I actually got up there in our test day that we had in uh, march and honestly it was uh, we had good grip you know the car washed up just a little bit even this was on the exit too and it i almost could pick the spot of the wall that i thought i was going to hit i went from having like pretty good grip and at least when it you know when i did get some understeer at least it still felt controlled and it went from feeling controlled to like a take off like understeer whatever my balance was when i got there it's like the car just decided it was going straight I was like eyeballing exactly the spot I thought I was going to hit. And at the last minute, we got off of that, uh, you know, repavement they put down. It gripped up just enough. And honestly, my left leg was shaking for like the next like three laps. And then I just came in. Um, I think the thing that it does is the line that you really want to run there, especially if you're in traffic, is that high arc in, you know, tuck down, get a good run off. But the problem with that, um, that pavement there that they've now put down is it feels okay until it doesn't feel okay and the problem is at the speeds you're going suddenly you lose just like a little bit of grip and let's just say it's on you know for example turn one it's just on the right rear and suddenly you're like yeah this is good this is good but then one wheel ends up on it and it creates a huge snap and you're like wait where did that come from you know and what makes it so difficult is you get up on it and you just almost freeze. You're like, I know something is going to happen. I can feel it. I can't tell which end of the car it's going to come from other than I feel like I'm just driving on ice right now. And, you know, I thought will powers, uh, this was it the start of race two when he, Simon and Pato were three wide into three. Can't exactly remember. Um, and you see that he basically is like lifting, you know, fighting the car, you know, every moment and you kind of expected him at that point to hit the wall, like in the middle of three, He didn't actually glance the wall until the exit of four, you know, when he's basically just like on an ice ring and it's getting, and at one moment you're like, Oh, I think he's going to save it, but it never recovers. You know, it's just a lack of grip through that whole turn. So then you've got marbles to deal with, and it, it is—it's a disaster. I saw someone said that NASCAR maybe going to try and redo that. When I'm just, uh, I just feel like there should be a little consideration for tracks that we share. You know, because I remember, you know, going back to my buddy Graham. You know, I remember watching that race with he and James and Tony in a sports bar in Broad Ripple in Indy. When they were too wide and it was two lanes, and that was just an epic race. And I'm not saying we go back to pack racing, but I am saying I think it's very cool when you get to see two lanes work really well at an oval. Uh, and I definitely think that since they've repaved it, it's uh, definitely taken that option away.
0: Yeah, having been to Texas since the first uh, IndyCar race there. I mean, I like you, I've seen so many amazing races, some of them in the pack era, which is always the one where you watch kind of with your hand over your eyes through a little sliver. But yeah, boy, I hope IndyCar in Texas can figure something out. I don't know what it would be, Jack. Uh, I did read something from track president Eddie Gossage being just very plain and honest and I full respect for it there were some fans asking directly, Hey, can we get rid of the goo? The NASCAR goo for us so we can have consistent grip on both lanes. And he said, look, it's going to be here. It's going to continue to come back for NASCAR because frankly, that's where money. the big money comes from. And yeah. again, I, you can't argue with that. If that's what makes that track stay alive and be sustained that you understand the business side, That also means that as you, other IndyCar drivers and IndyCar fans are expressing, we don't want to feel like we're kind of second-class citizens here and have to have kind of processional races. So I don't know what the answer is. I do know that just doing this year after year, the one lane, like the rain out, and hey, who's on pole for both races or who's on the front row for both races? All right, well, that's going to kind of dictate how the weekend goes. You know, obviously Pato and a few others snuck through on Sunday, but it's a great weekend for Ganassi because of the rain out, because of it being a single lane. And if you're not a Ganassi fan, eh, I don't know how much you love Texas. So I hope something gets figured out because I don't know if this is going to please people if it doesn't.
1: No. And honestly, my experience of Texas has always been that, you know, last year it was very processional, this year, it was very processional. Uh, you know, for sure, Pato looked very strong. You know, he's probably one of the few cars who actually saw overtaking. Felix as well, you know, so clearly the McLaren cars were just flying. Um, but when you go to Iowa, for example, you know, when you get someone maybe on slightly newer tires, slightly older tires, I mean, you can run too wide, like, the whole lap. And that's awesome. You know, so I think Texas is a great track. You know, really enjoy it. Really enjoy being there. I don't know what the solution is either apart from what they have now isn't sustainable. At least just from like a pure racing side.
0: Well, we do go there to race, don't we? <laughs>
1: yes sir <laughs> if it was you know. from
0: a, hey we got a two week two day test um oh, where yeah. we're gonna count where you finish at yeah. the end and give you points uh, maybe i don't know uh let's see yeah. where, where should we go from here sean rahal never heard of this guy uh yeah. sean rahal sent in something uh when is jack going to take after his dad and drive a sprint car
1: yeah, he's getting a lot of airtime today, my dad. Uh, he's, just, he's just more of a badass version <laughs> of me, mate. You know, frankly, there's no, there's no two ways to I couldn't and get like him on I the said, show. Ago, I couldn't, you know, gonna, he's a little
0: high price for me, so I had to go with his yeah, kid. He doesn't charge as much.
1: Nah, yeah, I'm, I'm way cheaper. Um, <laughs> he, uh yeah, he used to race like a sprint car in the UK. It's actually called Autograss in the UK, so kind of a, a cross between a sprint car and like a like a sand buggy you know I'll, I'll send you a photo when we get off here just because yeah. i mean it's pretty cool and you know he was a he was a british champion a national champion he was he was awesome at it uh i'd love to get in a sprint car sean knows this he, he knows you know jesting there i i see i see his uh his outcry there on that um, i would love to do it mate honestly it's just timing of it you know like when when we're going to have time to do it you know but i would I would love it. I would – I really want to actually – as soon as my dad can get back to the U.S., um, you know, once hopefully travel restrictions open up some, you know, I'd love to get him in a car because, you know, he's still got it. You know, he's got – not as a, you know, huge plug here for him, but, you know, when it it comes to, like, driving on, you know, dirt, you know, gravel, grass, whatever, the, the only thing I'm probably better than my dad at doing is driving on tarmac. You know, and it would be really fun to share a car or a track, you know, with him. So, um, although I know these things always kind of sound jokey, that actually would be a really cool day, you know, to be able to share with him. So, uh, Sean knows I'm down. I'm always up for that, mate. I think that would be, I think that would be a laugh. I remember going to Eldora, you know, when the World of Outlaw, world uh, World of Outlaw cars were there. Sorry, and uh, dude, that's like the fastest thing I've seen go around an oval. On dirt. I mean, that just blew my mind. I went down there and stood, like, on the inside and kind of poked my head out, you know, one of the gaps in the fence in turn one, which I'm not sure if you're really meant to do. I pulled it in. I was like, oh, no, I'm not. Like, that is epic, and I love it, but I'm not sure I want to be that close to, like, this, you know, winged sprint car flying past me. But um, it's just so cool, mate. I love it. And, you know, maybe not exactly sprint car, but the style of race, you know, everyone brings their car, they work on it. That's like my childhood, you know, it's it's, it's almost like nostalgic to me. So um, I would love to do it. The only weird thing from what my childhood to come into America is when we race on ovals, they're clockwise, not counterclockwise.
0: Oh, how fun. How yeah. fun. Yeah, the, all I can say is it's always a blast to go to. I've, I've only done it a couple times, but it's been a blast going to sprint car even midgets depending on the track if the track's really you know aggressive with a you know open wheel driver done that over the years junior open wheel and whatnot and you know got some amazing this guy's gonna go on and become an indy car driver and kick some ass and win whatever and i'm not saying they haven't but it's always been fun uh venturing out whatever it was to go see something and you see this driver that is our driver who we all look at with reverie, like, wow, you're going places. One day I'm going to borrow a lot of money from you and never pay it back. Um, (laughs) Anyways, and just see their eyes just get as wide as saucers. And always that feeling of confidence. And I'm the man and I've got so much talent. And, oh, my God, these people are insane. I could never do this. Yeah. What is wrong with them? And you see this <laughs> th- reconciliation in their head of like, okay, I'm still good. I'm still brave. Um I'm all these things that I think I am, but maybe there's yeah. another level uh that I don't really want to play. Of with. Brave.
1: Yeah. Yes, so. Mate, for sure. How fun. For sure. I mean, I remember the first time I went to stand on the inside of turn 1. I think it was on Fast Friday uh at the Indy 500 and I was like, wow, that is that is fast and this is what I do. You know, that that is fast, but then <laughs> going and watching the sprint cars at Eldora, i was like well they're doing they seem like they're going as fast on dirt in what still looks like a you know space frame chassis I'm like mm, maybe they're a little braver than we are
0: <laughs> let's see where should we go alex where says hey no question just another thank you for wearing the helmet i designed At Barber, Jack, why don't you tell folks a little bit about that? I believe maybe Marty Snyder might have mentioned that on the broadcast, but hey, the interwebs and your fans, like you did something pretty cool here.
1: Uh, Yeah, mate. Honestly, we just wanted to, uh, you know, try and interact with people. Um, We created this, uh, you know, design my helmet contest, you know, frankly. Um, And I was really excited to put it out there just to see what people, you know, could do with a fresh design, you know, for us. Um, a lot of people are creative, uh, you know, for sure. And a lot of people just honestly need an opportunity sometimes to put out something cool, to see if it could snowball and turn into something else. And at minimum, it, you know, of course, it's always nice to uh, to react, uh, interact with people, should I say. So um, yeah, it was just a fan inspired, you know, design my helmet with just one, one or two features that obviously wanted to try and stay the same. I think my helmet could be, you know, recognizable for, but, um, yeah, he did a, he did a great job and he sent me a few, a few more designs after, and, uh, maybe not this year, but definitely, you know, in the future, I'd love to, you know, keep interacting with people in that way just to, uh, you know, so they could see some of their designs come to life as well.
0: Let's go to a running theme uh, this year, all courtesy of Connor Daly's mention on social media that he wanted to potentially ride uh, an animal uh, onto the Indy Five Hundred driver (laughs) stage. uh, Buffalo, American Buffalo. So we have our.
1: I can see him more as an eagle guy. Well, riding it on an eagle.
0: Yeah, kind of yeah look something something red white and blue we know that's going to happen for sure his, yeah. his his mane flapping in the breeze possibly so I our pal went,
1: admit, well the pal, mullet
0: you're the jealous mullet is
1: catching me off guard
0: you're jealous we go in that direction
1: uh that's i'm not sure that's exactly the word i would have used no <sighs> make yeah, friends harvey, harvey. Sh-
0: you're crossing people off the bit. list left and right I mean, it's, you're going to be down to Dalton Kellett as the only person who likes you at the rate you're going.
1: Honestly, I like Dalton, so I'm who pretty good. Who doesn't?
0: He's Canadian. He's the sweetest guy. <laughs> all right. Well, Lance Snyder says, okay, Baker Man, what animal would you ride onto the <clears throat> Indy 500 driver intro stage? He says, also, would you bake a cake in the shape of that animal and serve it to all the other drivers? And would that include your good old buddy? Uh, graham rahal so i need a couple things to throw in here um would you put something in that cake laxatives or something i would right try and feed that to the other 32 drivers before the race that would be some smart strategy. you also don't have to ride an animal some of the other folks who've answered this have come up some pretty interesting answers so jack harvey's animal creature airborne water bound what are you taking Onto the intro stage.
1: I would, I would honestly, having to try and channel my like most inner Brit for something like that. I would want to like ride in on like a lion with like the Queen's crown on <gasps> the lion.
0: On the lion, not you on the
1: lion. <sighs> well, so on a lot of our like lions, they have crowns, and um, I think that'd be pretty cool. Imagine that, just like, you know, riding in like flag draped over the lion, over me, crowns. Just sometimes, just got to go full Brit, mate. You know. What about
0: you? What are you wearing? Because clearly you've dressed up the lion. You can't just come in normal, though. What are you? Do you have some sort of staff? What do you have? Because we got to go I mean, more Brit
1: here. We got to go more Brit. I mean. If I think about Brits and I try and tie it to racing in some regard, I mean...
0: Eating a giant bowl of curry. So that would be a very British thing.
1: Do you know, super quick side note, do you know that chicken tikka masala was actually invented in Scotland?
0: No. The things we learned. You said, you said,
1: it kind of, in my head, it connected, okay? Uh, I'm thinking, like... um, James Bond, like 007 suit and maybe like uh, like an English roast dinner in one hand.
0: <sighs>
1: wow. Yorkshire puddings, spuds, you know,
0: full English breakfast in the other since it's
1: early, you know, you're coming up. Bacon sarnie. Yeah. Bacon sandwich for sure. <sighs> Throw an egg on there. Why not?
0: Are you th- tossing eggs to the crowd by any chance? I mean, you know, are you sharing your culture?
1: I mean, just flick beans at people, mate. That's probably more my jam. <laughs> just like walk out a plate of beans, just flicking. <laughs> ah! them. Beans are way less dense in the UK, so it probably worked quite well. People are like, oh, what was that? I've got to flick my beans.
0: Ah, uh, good old Beans Harvey coming to the Indy 500, Jesus.
1: <laughs> Let's not let that stick. That's not a good one. Stick.
0: Oh, no, you don't know how, how this show... Jack the Beans Harvey? Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so bad.
0: Uh And, yeah, I don't even know where to go from here. Jesus, we're falling apart already. Uh, let's see. Let's get down to the last couple of questions. I know you need to go work out and get all sweaty and be sexy, Jack the Baker, Jack the Bean, Harvey. Good old beans. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Jameen Tuttle. Says, Jack, congratulations on the great start. Teams uh, really laid out the blueprint for long-term competitiveness for a new entrant. It says, is there a different mindset entering May knowing that you are indeed in the hunt for podiums and wins every week? It's a, it's a great question, right? This isn't your first Indy 500, but this is your first 500 coming in, knowing that, hey, we have a reason to have high expectations, not a hope, but an r- actual reason to expect more from ourselves uh, this year in the month of May.
1: Uh, definitely, mate, for sure. I mean, we, we did a lot more work in the off-season season you know, sending the cars to the wind tunnel for the first time, uh, which was mega. We've never had the opportunity to do that just to really understand the speed of the car. You know, I think last year there was a few question marks on some things. So I was already feeling good about this May. Uh, you know, I'm really excited that Elio is going to be there, you know, actually be teammates of the three-time winner. So I was already excited for May. And that was before the season started. Seeing this, the way the season has gone. You know, and being able to show just a little bit more of that potential definitely gives me, you know, I think, and the team that confidence of, and I hate to say this has become our mantra, and it's not exactly our mantra, but I think about it a lot, and that's why not? You know, someone has to win the Indy 500 this year. Why not us? And just seeing how the team is really building momentum, uh, naturally, wanting it just to snowball. You know, heading into May, I know the GP is a track we've gone well at, you know, and we continue to prepare really hard for it. Just, you know, previous success is no guarantee of uh, success. Um, But there is a nice confidence in the the team. And when we did our, you know, team chat, you know, just before everyone was finished packing away in Texas, the thing I said to them is what I love at the minute is, you know, the attitude of the team, you know, you know, I'm feeling it from, you know, all the mechanics, you know, from Michael, Jim, everybody who works on the team of confidence of, you know, we can do this and we can really do this. Not, you know, not a BS, you know, just trying to make you feel good, you know, like have a great day. You know, you got it. Uh, you know, this is a real thing. You can see it in their eyes. You can feel the presence and the energy, you know, around the team. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've never been more excited. For May, I think it's awesome. There's going to be fans again, you know. I think that is a big, uh, you know, big atmosphere boost for everybody. Um, yeah, I, I'm just really, really excited. It almost felt weird that Texas fell on May, you know, because people were text, you know, tweeting and on social media and whatnot, like, "Oh, it's May," you know, Indy 500. I'm like, "Well, actually, I'm in Texas right now, but whatever." Um, but yeah, I, I, we're really excited for it to come, and we were excited before the season started. Extra excited seeing how the first few races have gone
0: why don't we stick with something you just mentioned jack and i observe this on rare occasions so i'm not saying it doesn't happen it just isn't common you mentioned the uh the group chat before leaving the track Mm -hmm. the idea of an indycar team saying hey everybody get in a circle or you know a proverbial circle huh. but let's all come yeah. together as a yeah. group and talk uh whatever it might be sum up the weekend say th- but just sure. that's a bonding exercise that is incredibly valuable that uh, if for f- folks who are loving their indie car and get a chance to be in the paddock after a race this year you might walk up and down the garages or wherever it would be and take a look and see if that happens at many other teams, because I would put some pretty good money on the fact that while again, Marshank racing, isn't the only it's one of very few.
1: Honestly, man, that's been my experience. That's been my experience throughout like, my whole career. And it's 100% been my experience with Michael, you know, from our very, very first test day, even, you know, at the end of the day, you know, maybe not every day, uh, but certainly at the end of every weekend, you know, we all get together, gives us opportunity to obviously appreciate each other, say thank you for each other, uh, talk about maybe what wasn't good, you know, from, from my side and what I need to improve on driving, you know, perhaps on the team side, how the strategy was, et cetera, you know, how pit lane was, um, that's how this team operates. And I think that's why we have that, um, I I hate to try and be cheesy but you know Myershank Shank Racing has that family feel to it I think and I think that atmosphere I really I really enjoy you know I really feel like I thrive in um and I and, and all again not to be cheesy I really do appreciate what everybody does I mean you think about motorsport it's not an individual sport you know um it is probably the epitome of a team sport with more variables than any that I can think of off the top of my head, uh, I'm sure there are lots there. And, you know, i have real immense respect for anybody who's competing in any sport. I mean, you could be leading the race, you know, and have a, a bad pit stop. You, you know, you could be mid pack, and then have an awesome pit stop and be leading the race. I mean, we really do lean on and, you know, push each other require, you know, an insane level of performance from each other to try and get the, achieve the shared dreams and aspirations, you know, of the team and people just need to know, i maybe not as much recently, but I remember in our Sebring test in January or February, 2018 that Michael himself was in the top of the uh, trailer, loading the car back in helping the guys. That's the kind of team boss. Michael is, he's a guy who is so invested, um, you know, in his team and very much leads by example, You know, no time is too late to call him. No time is too early. Um, I think that's why he inspires that level of performance from his guys and the the loyalty from everybody. Um, That's just how it's almost weird that other people don't do that to to me because that's my experience with this team is that's how we operate. That's how we want to be. uh, And we make it a priority all the time.
0: You say you appreciate everybody. I'd just have to say, probably with the exception of Matt Swan, right? Possibly the (laughs) the most garbage human being ever. But other than Swanee, definitely you got a good team. Look, uh, he's one of my oldest friends. If I didn't stick the knife in, he would wonder what was wrong with me. All right. uh, One or two more, and then we're going to let you go, my man. Uh, why Why don't we go to your delightful place of birth? Tom Firth says, hey, Jack, first, congrats on all the recent success. Love following and cheering you on from the Sky coverage over here in the UK. Great to see you doing so well in IndyCar. So his question is, how much difference uh, has the team becoming independent uh, has made that in terms of autonomy to figure things out and allow uh, the team to build itself around you? Uh, He says, did you have as much control over the direction of things when it was more of a satellite team? It's a good one, right? And and that's something that even during the broadcasts, we hear a little bit of confusion of, oh, well, Andretti builds their cars. So, um, you know, uh, Colton had a problem with his right rear and Jack had a problem with his right rear. You know, that must Mm. be an Andretti thing. Uh, You guys have a shop and make your cars and do stuff. So maybe just piggybacking (laughs) on Tom's point, uh, tell folks how this team has evolved and, and how independent you are.
1: Yeah, mate, it's such a, um, it's kind of hard to explain fully. I'll do my best here. I see my Shank Racing very much as its own team. You know, we have our own shop. The car stays in Columbus. Um, You know, our guys are responsible for our parts. You know, some of our development we are responsible for. The partnership with Andretti Technology is, uh, you know, a data and information share, you know, so depending how you look at it, you know, it, the car name is Maya Shank Racing. It's not Maya Shank with Andretti technology, you know, so. And there's
0: no disrespect to Andretti, obviously. It's a great partnership. But oh, no. Just the point honestly, being the, is the, you all the, are, the the are the ones putting in the work. Yeah.
1: The partnership's awesome, mate. You know, I, I hope that, you know, if we have a great year and everything keeps ticking along, I hope that we're all able to extend you know that would be the dream scenario you know be able to extend a bit more uh you know hopefully for a few more years yet to come in the, in the same scenario we're in that you know i really enjoy being a part of the andretti stable whether it's data share you know information share but i mean you know for example during the day you know me and my engineer andy uh you know left to our own device again you know we get to see the data we get to talk to everybody um but we're also responsible for the changes we want to make without any pressure from any other uh, entity. And then at the end of the day, we all come together. You know, when I go to the Andretti trailer, I give my debrief as, as one of their cars, you know, as one of their affiliated cars. And then we move on, you know. And it, it is a fine line between being an independent team, but we have, you know, data sharing and information sharing. Um, I think that the interesting thing that kind of came out of texas a bit was how that can get murky kind of quickly uh you know i've been i've been told off before for saying you know i was a a teammate of one of the andretti cars and then suddenly this weekend was told off for not giving a teammate more room so i'm like well i don't exactly know you know <laughs> where this line um is but um honestly I think on the whole that the partnership works great you know i really have enjoyed being a part of you know, as I said earlier, the, the Andretti stable, you know, I go to the factory to prepare with uh, with Andy. I'm actually heading there tomorrow. You know, I, I'm certainly not a, a I'm not a random face when I walk through the building or, you know, anything like that. And again, the hope is that we continue to, uh, you know, keep growing. You know, and I know Michael and Jim have expressed desire to one day just be a totally, totally independent team. But, uh, you know, I think the partnership with Andretti is working really really great and you know i think the performances that we're able to put in now you know adds an enormous amount of benefit to them as a team as much as it does uh to us as a team so probably in in, in essence it's just a great partnership
0: all right uh brad wants to know what are your top serious xm stations to listen to
1: classic vinyl. mate.
0: we have that saved as one of our favorites what else
1: uh, I do like listening to Howard.
0: That was the reason I subscribed back in whenever that was, 2006 or set, whatever, whenever he moved over, uh, that was the reason for my enduring subscription, our enduring subscription. What else? You yeah. got to listen to more than that, though. Come on.
1: I do. What's I like what's the most PR.
0: embarrassing one?
1: Uh, Grumpy Pundits.
0: I don't know what Soccer that is. Soccer Channel. Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> still don't know what that is <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have we have the disco uh uh studio 54 disco uh channel saved uh in our in our vehicle so that one i when we get to that one i'm like well maybe yeah. i need to figure out how to deselect that one but my soul wife cycle. likes it
1: soul cycle soul like, sometimes cycle. <laughs> comes up they have a good they have a good vibe good beat okay you know, when you're working out just feeling it all right Mm. Uh, I'm trying to think, I got, I got, I'm I not sure how, I'm not sure, it's a safe space, but I'm not sure how safe a space to drop my guilty pleasures on. Come on, on. So, no, um, come on,
0: you know I'm going to, to get, get it out of you one way I or do like you I do like
1: disco, I do like disco music, I mean, I, I could sing you ABBA and like the Bee Gees, like, if we road trip, honestly, if it came on, I'd be your karaoke, I'd be your like one man karaoke band.
0: Riding a Lion flicking right beans, the line,
1: yeah. flicking singing beans abba in a suit yes the, james yep. bond suit oh my gosh we don't, i mean yeah maybe if we're gonna like try and do all that stuff maybe i'll switch to like the beatles you know maybe really
0: fair enough
1: hit that stride i mean i think it's in my vocal range um
0: i can yeah. already see roger work starting to draw this new cartoon right now (laughs) so you're so screwed you're so screwed um
1: that's probably the thing i'm most excited about hoping happens this year oh
0: boy okay uh brian wants to know how many bush lights does your contract require you to consume now that might be an area where i could see some conflict between you and shank you come from a a land Known for manufacturing beer. fine alcoholic beverages, Michael he drinks
1: Bush Light
0: likes the thing can you believe can it. find at any gas station. Which
1: you could, you can pretty much just turn your faucet on. It's like drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In all fairness, if 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 there was ever a chance, and I hope I maybe haven't ruined it. I'm getting you fired here, by get, the way.
0: I apologize, but go ahead. I know.
1: If, if if there was a chance to get some Bush sponsorship on the car, I would love that. And I honestly, I actually quite like it, but there is no fun in telling Michael that because, you know, when he starts drinking Bush Light, I basically just go and grab a water and I'm like, look, we're drinking the same thing. <laughs> and the thing I really don't understand about that is he's a pretty manly like guy. Right. You know, like he, he kind of radiates man. He's a bro. You know, like he just. Yeah, I, he has a, a kind of that like husky, just a, a bit of husky. And then he drinks Bush Light, which he tells me adds to the huskiness. And I'm like, mm. he did get me pretty wasted one time in the uh, Copper Penny. Pretty sure that wasn't on Bush Light, but I mean, well, I remember going to his house the first time and he had like a whole like, it's like a wine fridge dedicated to Bush Light. No jokes. And I'm like, mate, you don't, First off, you probably could drink that much, because I don't think the alcohol content in there is that aggressive. That being said, why do you only have bush light?
0: I mean, does he, like, did you see, like, any annotations on those cans? Like, does he get out the Sharpie and put the date that he put them in there so he knows the vintage? I mean, this is, this is a little crazy.
1: The thing that's weird is I, I feel like... Um, maybe not the day. I think he just has more of like a padlock on it. And it's like, this is my fridge only. Don't, don't anybody die. go buy your own bush light.
0: Oh, yeah. oh my. I don't even, you got, I'm speechless yet again. Here we go. Uh, let's close on two questions centering around uh, your lovely general home. First one is from Alex snail at split time it says, Jack, your local track is Caldwell park. So I'd love to hear how an Indy car might go around there. And are there any other UK tracks you'd love to have a play on with your number 60 Myers-Shank racing Honda?
1: Yeah. Cadwell would be uh very lively in an Indy car. There's actually one section called the mountain, which nearly everything actually like takes off. There's like a little jump yes, in the track. It's amazing. Uh, that would. Yes, yeah, so it would be pretty lively to see what would happen there. It's maybe a bit small, a bit snug for IndyCar, but honestly, you talk about an epic lap. If you if you know, you get some Firestone Reds going, I mean that would just maybe I would feel brave, like sprint car brave if I could do that. Um, you know, honestly after that I think, you know, brands GP would be mega. You know, I think Donington Park would be really fun. I think Alton Park would be really fun, you know, for IndyCar, and very much like IndyCar styled you know, tracks, high risk, high reward. They're not super smooth. They are a little bumpy. Um, I, I'm just a little biased to anywhere in the UK. I, I do think, though, that, you know, for as much as I love Silverstone, for as much as I'm a, you know, member of the BRDC, I don't think that would be a great track for IndyCar. I think you get into the realms of what we see at Kota where Formula One are a lot quicker than us and that just kind of hurts a bit. Um, but I think one of those three other tracks would be, uh, would be top-notch.
0: I also just realized, sadly, for the last probably thirty to thirty five years, I've been calling it Caldwell Park. And <laughs> I, I genuinely just realize there's no L in front of the D. It's Cadwell Park. Yeah. Jack. Yeah. What is I, wrong? I don't mean, worry, mate.
1: I but you know. I do I'm that dumb. so many times. I've actually done the official hashtag of the show.
0: Wow. Oh boy. Me personally. Hashtag. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's close with our pal Justin Holmes. I love this because, hey, we got great, great, great listeners. It says, everyone, Jack, says there are differences between American tracks and European tracks, but never actually say mm-hmm. what the differences are. Uh, can yeah. you help explain, and which do oh, you prefer?
1: Sure. Honestly, I love, um, I-, I love American tracks. I love some of the tracks in the U.K., because, honestly, again, minus Silverstone, I think they all – have something similar. So what people mean when they say that is when you think about European track, normally they're very wide, they're very smooth. They've taken away all gravel traps now, or even grass. I mean, they pretty much have ruined the parabolica in Monza. Um, but that's the style of track people think about very smooth, you know, um, not necessarily like easy to drive because you know, the details and the precision really comes into play, you know, just to find the last few hundreds. But when I came to back to North America, you know, the curbs weren't perfect. The tracks were bumpy. They were, they go from being wide to very narrow, you know, high risk, high reward, those kind of things. You know, I think when people think again about European tracks, they, or even like formula one tracks, think of Abu Dhabi, for example, it's just that we have a massive area, let's build a racetrack. And there's not much elevation change, you know, there's like people, f- I would say, it feels like there's not as much character in the track and, you know, coming, but I remember the first time I went to Sebring and I was like, wow. Okay. I They're mean, trying to kill I'm going to go to the, I'm going <laughs> to go to the dentist in a minute. You know, once we finish this, I'm going to go get a, you know, a scan on my back, make sure we haven't, uh, you know, fractured anything. And then I'm going to go to the dentist. And that's the kind of style of track that comes to, to mind in America. Very pure, you know, not perfect. You know, curbs aren't perfect. There's areas you could drop a wheel. I actually saw one time a rare Scott Dixon mistake at mid-Ohio on the exit of turn one. He dropped a wheel and he spun. I'd never seen it before. I almost thought it wasn't real. Um, that's kind of the, the, the difference, really.
0: Wow. Well, what did we learn today? Jack, we learned about uh, origins of food. Um, (laughs) We have a Roger Warwick uh, sticker coming for you. Um, Uh, We learned about (laughs) you take the piss out of Mike Shank and his beer. (laughs) Oh, we learned so many things. We learned you're a nice guy. You could have done the power play on Graham. I'm standing here waiting for you. Instead, showed your, your, your proper upbringing, went and met with him uh squash that beef everything's good there what else i mean i feel like we got a lot covered today holy crap jack harvey thank you as always truly it's a blast whenever you come on my just telling you the truth no disrespect any other indycar drivers after qualifying after the race my wife asked one question how did jack do So just know that from the simple gesture of you, Mike Shank, Jim Meyer and whatnot, just giving her some love last year at Indy, uh, you've made a lifelong fan. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff. And if you see Matt Swan, just take pity on him. He's kind of old. You know, he's kind of like a shop dog. I do. He's the old shop dog. So, (laughs) well, we should let you go. You got other things to do. We'll speak to y'all next week. I have no idea who the guest is going to be, but they're going to have a hard time topping you, my friend. I'm Marshall Pruitt. That is Jack Harvey. Thanks again to Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, (sighs) TorontoMotorsports.com.